listening to Episode 16, Chapter 2 of the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lamberth. And I'm Josh Havens. We're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Pastor Casey Tigret, who's an author and pastor and spiritual director. He is the host of The Otherwise Podcast, a place for gathering wise conversations about living well on the journey with Jesus. He holds both a Master of Divinity degree and a Doctorate of Ministry and Spiritual Formation degree from Lincoln Christian Seminary. He has taught both graduate and undergraduate level courses in Christian higher education in the United States and Australia. He also serves as a board member for the Apprentice Institute, a program focusing on Christian spiritual formation located at Friends University in Wichita, Kansas. He is the author of two books, Becoming Curious, A Spiritual Practice of Asking Questions, and As I Recall, Discovering the Place of Memories in the Spiritual Life, both with InterVarsity Press. Casey has served both in rural churches of 25 and suburban megachurches of 10,000. He and his wife Holly and their daughter Bailey currently live in Chicago, Illinois, where he is the theologian-in-residence at Parkview Christian Church. In 2 Corinthians 1, Paul said, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. You probably have a painful memory. It's hard to make it much past early childhood without some sort of painful experience that shapes who you are for the rest of your life. There's good news, though. These painful memories can find healing as you begin to work through them with the Holy Spirit and with another person. And in this chapter, Casey talks about a few of the tools he's found and developed for healing memories and allowing God to redeem the painful experiences of our lives. It's not an easy journey to take, but it's well worth it because redeemed memories always become tools that God can use to help others find healing as well. We can use our focus and we can use reflection in order to change a memory or to change maybe the story uh, associated with that memory, right? We can. We can, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What does that look like? And and how does the Holy Spirit work in, in our lives and in those in those memories to help us take what can sometimes be a painful memory and, um, or maybe a, a completely benign memory, let, let's say, because we got to talking about wisdom and I wanted to, I wanted to go down that road because we know like just because something works out doesn't necessarily mean that it was the right decision. Sometimes it's just like it, it worked out. So how can we, how can we begin to use our memories and leverage them, if you will, for our own benefit and, 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 and dig into them a little deeper? Well, I think it begins with, it begins with isolating, paying attention to one, finding a memory and bringing it forward into the present and looking at it for the sake of what kind of impact that has had. And that's usually the hardest part because we tend to think, and, and for me as a person who teaches and leads in spiritual formation, a lot of times we are thinking going forward. So how do I get better from here? Instead of saying, how did I get here? 
and let's write the narrative, let's tell the story. So bringing forward that memory. And then the second part of it is just being honest about what it is. So if it is one of those benign memories saying, I don't know, I have no idea what this is. I don't know why that happened. I don't know why it worked that way. But I know that where I am now is different because of that. And sometimes that means breaking our perspective of that just needs to stay in the past, as if staying in the past means that it doesn't affect us anymore. There is a need for us to say every memory that we have actually belongs in the story. And so I talk about that a little bit. Every memory matters, whether it's dark or light, because even the stories in Scripture are not perfectly black and white. So the story of Passover is the remembrance of the salvation of Israel. It's also the remembrance of the death of every firstborn Egyptian. And so every memory has this light and dark side to it. And so we bring that forward. We're honest about it. And then we offer it to God. And redemption is such a key part because redemption is all about giving value to something that previously had no value. So it's about us saying this memory matters. And God, can you give it the value that it needs to have right now so that I can gain some wisdom from it so that I can learn about my emotions and let my emotions form me so I can learn how to be resilient in the midst of really difficult stuff uh, so that I can remember uh, the threads of things that you brought up that Jesus brought up around the table with the disciples about being blessed and broken and taken and given. Um, I need those. I need the value back in those stories so that I understand the value they have for me right now. We, uh, in the West, it seems like we're really obsessed with objective truth, objective reality. If we, if we look at our past memories, uh, clearly, I mean, even in my life, I've, I look at past memories and, and through talking with other people or through uh, just thinking through logically how I remember that memory, I sometimes remember things incorrectly or very subjectively. How do we go about trying to, to heal memories that we don't remember correctly because our, our own perspective of our own past has kind of been shaped by what we think about ourselves and the world around us. Yeah, that's a difficult work. Uh, part of it, I think, is just admitting that. It's admitting the, the shortcomings of our own senses and our own memories. Some of it is just being honest that we may not see it exactly. The difficult part of that, too, is it may not matter necessarily. It may not matter if we remember it exactly perfectly, because what we're really wrestling with is who we've become as a result. So if it's a family issue, you may still have that person in your life. They may still be alive. You can confirm on details if you'd like. But a lot of times we don't want to bring that up. Uh, we don't want to have that conversation about, you know, a parent who abused us or an unkind word at the wrong time uh, that really set us off on a course. Uh, so sometimes it's dealing with the memory as we remember it, because if we remember, haha, I love how I did that. Uh, <laughs> if, if we take a second and look at the, how those experiences became memories, they're always going through an imperfect lens. They're always going through our taste, sight, touch, sound, and smell, which are limited. Um, so being able to say, I may not remember this completely perfectly, but I know what impact it had because here's where I am today as a result of it. I think that's how we wrestle with it. Or if we feel like God is pressing us to confirm with people in our past and say, did this really happen the way I think it happened? Because here's my side of it. And they may say, well, yes, 90% of that's fine, but here's the 10% you don't know. Uh, that's really, that can be really important as well. 
I think that's a really important point. You know, we, sometimes we can get too caught up, or at least I can get very caught up in, in, uh, in, in how I remembered it and, and thinking that I was absolutely right. I'm an Enneagram type one, so perfection's high on my list. And so <laughs> like, if you want to have an argue with me about how events unfolded, I, I will argue with you about that. Um, uh, but, you know, your, your approach is very pragmatic in that, you know, it, it's recognizing the value of memory the role that they play in our spiritual formation and and, and our identity of who we are, the story we tell ourselves. And yet at the end of the day, perfection in how we remember something isn't the goal. It's really about what that perceived truth says about who we are. And and, and I love the idea of of story in this um, case because it's it's evaluating how the story how we're telling ourselves how we're telling our own story about ourselves let me say it that way <laughs> and and it's why i think you're you have many practices at the or you have a practice at the end of every chapter of your book and um uh, most of them have to do with journaling or pausing but i love it your emphasis on journaling because it does allow us to have an objective view of at least the story that we're telling ourselves and so that we can look at it. And I'll tell a real quick uh, example of this. I had a weekend one time and it was a pretty good weekend, I thought, but then Monday came around and uh, I just felt like the weekend was terrible. I was like, man, like I didn't do anything. Like that was a bad weekend. And so like I pulled out my journal, which I had journaled through that weekend and I looked at it and I was like, oh, wait a second. No, the weekend was actually great. It was just one thing that happened like Sunday evening that sort of set my attitude off a little bit. And I colored the entire weekend on Monday as it was like, oh, it was a terrible weekend. And it was really just like a little tiny thing. (laughs) (laughs) So what are like, you can elaborate on journaling, I would love to hear it. But what are some other tools going forward that will help us evaluate our memories and then harness them for our advantage in, in walking with Christ daily? Yeah, I well, journaling is a gift because there is a power to putting something in ink or digital ink. There's a power in seeing it again. Just like you said, it reminds us of things. Oh, that actually wasn't a bad weekend. I just had one really horrible moment in it. The other thing that journaling can do is it does establish a habit and a practice. And I have journals left over from you know, that I've years and years ago, and I can go back and look at that. And that gives me a chance to see uh, patterns, uh, to see, oh my gosh, this has happened before. And oh my gosh, the same time of the, of the year, like it's Chicago land. So every January is like, we wonder why God has forgotten us and why the ice is coming and all that. So it's like the, you know, winter is coming sort of thing. So, um, <laughs> So, you know, I need to remember, I have a melancholy dip just about every January, February, where, you know, stuff like that that you can remember. Another practice that's good for memories, and I don't say this just because I am a spiritual director, but spiritual direction can be an incredible way to invite someone else to sort of interrogate your memories with you, um, to be able to tell those stories and, and audibly say what you would write down in a journal and then have another person who is willing to listen you into the presence of God and say, where do you find God in the midst of that? Or how have you been praying about that memory that you keep bringing up? I think that's incredibly, incredibly helpful. The other is actually a practice that I include in the, uh, in the book, but uh, I want to take a little different tack on it, which is uh, the practice of the Ignatian examine, 
which is the examination of con- conscience or the daily examine. And it's, and it's basically an opportunity to look back over your 24 hours that you just lived and say, where was God present? Where was God absent? What did I notice in myself? And what am I being asked to pay attention to? It's very simple. And there are dozens of different ways that people have reinterpreted that. But I think that could be a really helpful tool, you know, as you're going to bed at night, uh, going through the routine, brushing your teeth, letting the dog out, whatever. Where were you present today? Where did I feel that you were absent? What do I feel like you're asking me to pay attention to? And what, what should I be thankful for from this day? And that can be a really great way of constantly revisiting to where sometimes it's like, oh, I've got to sit and think about a memory. But if you're in the habit of doing that practice, you're constantly coming back to them. And it sharpens our ability to look at what has happened and what's gone before and to think about it clearly. Our memories define who we are. And if we take a passive approach to how our memories are formed, then the world will shape us into people that look like it. But the good news of the gospel gives us the opportunity to actively shape our memories so that we look and think more like Christ. This is especially good news if you have painful memories of trauma, abuse, or abandonment. Because there is hope. By giving these memories over to God and allowing Him to work in and through them, they can be redeemed in the pain that they represent, replaced with the peace and presence of God. And this is why you need to check out Casey's book, as I recall, because he goes into much more depth in how to overcome and work through these painful memories. But Josh and I also wanted to create a tool specifically to help you overcome them. If you've been listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship podcast for a while, then you know I lost my mother to suicide almost two and a half years ago. And journaling has been a huge part of my journey that the Lord has led me into recovery, especially using the Daily Growth Journal. So what Josh and I have done is take the Daily Growth Journal prompts and apply the lessons we've learned from Casey and his book, As I Recall. And we've created a two-page guided journal for helping you deal with the painful memories in your life. And we'd like to give that to you for free. So if you want to download this two-page document, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and click on the episode page, or just click on the link in the show notes. This document starts off simply by asking you to journal about the memory, and then we guide you through a few short exercises to help you process it. In many ways, I've been doing this for two and a half years, but personally, I can't wait to use these exact prompts myself to see how much more healing the Lord can do in my own life. And then if you really want to take it a step further, where we ended up in the end of this chapter with Casey is that encourage you to find somebody that you can share this journey with. Go through these prompts and and tell your story with someone else, because walking by ourselves can only do so much. We were created to walk with others, and Josh has been this person for me. And so I would encourage you to find somebody that you trust that has your best interests in mind and who is open and sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice. Share your story with them, because when we allow the Lord to redeem our painful memories and our trauma, then they can become the tools that He uses to help us become more like Him. Thanks for listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. To find out more about Casey and his work, 
check out caseytigret.com. You can also follow him on Facebook or check him out on Instagram and Twitter at CKTigret. You should also check out his book, As I Recall, Discovering the Place of Memories in the Spiritual Life at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or InterVarsity Press. If you follow the link to Casey's book in the show notes, you'll also be helping support Daily Growth Discipleship through Amazon's affiliate program. If you want to stay up to date on everything that's happening at Daily Growth Discipleship, be sure to subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify.